Welcome to Women of Impact, my homie, where women just like you come for a dose of inspiration and leave feeling freaking empowered, confident, and capable to take on anything. So get ready to buckle up with this motivational ride with a powerhouse speaker, CEO of Motivating the Masses, and a very good friend of mine, Lisa Nichols, aka Lisa Lisa and the Cult Jam. My homie, when we see what's possible for other women, we see what's possible for ourselves. And so Lisa's success speaks for herself. And she's here dropping freaking bombs and gems after gems that will have you jumping out of your seat. So grab your tea or your wine or whatever it is that you fancy. Get comfy because today's two-part discussion is anchored around self-trust, self-love and the absolute importance of creating a safe space in your relationship. We talk about what it's like for her to finally make this decision to get married in her 50s, why she waited so long, and how being locked into her own journey actually freed her to become the badass we know and love. So it's time to step in your power and start leaving a comment and a review for this podcast. That's the best way, guys, you can absolutely support it so that we can reach more women globally. So let's get ready for No BS Stories with my girl, Lisa Nichols. And I remember 35, people saying, girl, you better go get a man. You know you're almost 40. As if almost 40 is bad. I kept asking myself, is it better to be alone? Does this feel right? Does he feel like you're Mr. Right? Or is he just your Mr. Right now? So many women will worry about being alone forever or dying alone. So many women will worry about my biological clock is ticking Mm -hmm. or maybe I should get married for financial security. Mm -hmm. You didn't succumb to any of that. So how on earth did you stay strong in yourself and who you are to make sure that you waited for the right person? I've always been adamant about being clear that no one else's expectations is supposed to be my life. That, that was really important for me. I remember at 30, and I remember 35, people saying, girl, you better go get a man. You know you're almost 40. And as if almost 40 is bad, as if my beauty at 40 wasn't an evolved version of my beauty at 25. Like, I'm a better me every day, God willing, God willing. And so what I'm most excited about for my husband and I is my husband gets an evolved version of Lisa. Now, everyone evolves at different places. And for me, this was mine. I didn't want to bring someone into my chaos. I believe that my partner deserved for me to have done more work. My journey isn't everyone else's journey. And as women, man, do we buy what we're sold. Don't buy everything that you're sold. Like, Who's to say that my 50 wasn't more fabulous? Like who I am at 55 was, is so, she's so much better than the woman that I was. And I appreciate the woman I was at 29. But what I jokingly say to my husband now is what I'm excited about, honey, is that now I know who you're married to. At, at 29, I, I wasn't sure. I was still searching. I was still wondering. I was still questioning. I believe that we should take advantage of our individual our individual journeys. And that your journey may say marriage at 23 is excellent. My journey may say marriage at 55 is excellent. Her journey may say marriage at 43 is excellent. Her journey may say that she she doesn't have to get married. A friend of mine told me when I was 34, 
He said, Lisa, you have a huge assignment on your life. I'll never forget Barry Spilchuk out of Toronto, Canada. I was at the Marriott Hotel in Los Angeles. I'll never forget the moment. For some reason, it left an indelible imprint on me. He said, Lisa, God has a divine assignment on your life. And you got to prepare yourself because your assignment may not, may not include marriage. Because what you do is so big for the world that God may not want someone in your life to take your attention. And I remember at that time, Lisa, I sat there and it was like a hit, boom, like 33 of the thought, I may never get married. And then I sat with them and I went, hmm, okay. Well, here, I'm not going to ask for a particular outcome. I'm going to begin to pray to God, not to impose my belief system on anyone. I call him God, call, call him whatever you choose. But I'm going to not pray for a particular outcome. I want to pray for the awareness and the capacity to handle the assignment on my life, whatever that might include or might not include. That's when I became more committed to my contribution to this planet than I was to how the design looks mm -hmm. and that it looks like what the world or the society say it should look like. I want my life here to be play full out. I want my life here to be a full freaking contribution, whatever that looks like. Married at 20, married at 40, married at 55, or not married. I want my life to play full out. And so I was always freer on. I was more fluid because I, I there was a bigger picture to me than marriage. Like marriage is a part of the equation. So chapter is not the book. <laughs> like marriage is a chapter. It's not the book. And the book is while she while she was here, the dash between her birthday and her transition day. Man, that dash danced. That dash disrupted. That dash was dangerous. That dash was embracive. That dash was inclusive. That dash was unapologetic. That dash was freaking on fire. That was bigger to me, the dash and what I made my dash mean than getting married. Wow. Well, All right, so how do you start? That was so funny. I don't know where where to start. How do you then take that dash? Yeah. Um and really assess what is right for you right. And, and push out the right. external noise. Right. Because to your point, you have people that's coming at you yeah. to say, 35, yeah. well, hang on a minute, but if you want kids, but hang on a minute, yeah. no one's going to want you. Or, you know, the older you get, the harder yep. it will be to find. Yep. So how do you start to, to, to block that out so you can figure out what that dash is? Right, right. I love that question because that that's been my life, mm -hmm. right? I was a single mother at 29 and my son's father went to prison when he was eight months old. My son, at the time we're recording this, he turns 29 this year and his father is still in prison. And so there was a lot of heat, a lot of pressure on me to right that wrong. Oh. Hello. You know, we make these mistakes and these poor decisions early in our, our lives and our chance is redemption. And at any given time, redemption would be marry well. And I just have to say to all the suitors that that dated me and courted me and offered me marriage, I celebrate them. I had amazing men in my life. I just knew I would have been doing it for the optics mm -hmm. at that time. I would have been doing it for the for the relief. How I, did you know that? Because I, I, I check into how my gut feels. Now, I, I didn't always. I didn't always. And I remember there was a time when I was engaged to be married. My son, Jelani, was three years old. And I, I, I was swooned. I was succumbed by the loneliness. And I liked the image. And if Jelani, if I got married when Jelani's young, then he could be raised with the father. And like all of the stuff. And I got engaged. And 
my stomach, my, my, my intuition was telling me wrong, 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 wrong. But I was trying to do what I felt was optically right, 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 right. And five months from the wedding, I, um, I knew it was off. I knew the morning I felt in my gut, something bad is going to happen today. And I went through the entire day and nothing bad happened. And then I went to sleep that night. And I woke up at 3.20 a.m. I remember because I looked over at the clock as I woke up with my fiance, my then fiance's hands wrapped around my throat. And he choked me until I passed out. And three days later, he picked me up and threw me three feet across the room. And I looked up and I was an abused woman because I didn't listen to what my intuition was saying. It doesn't feel right. This isn't the time. And I, Lisa, it took me years. It took me years. I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. And I realized that I had lost myself, Lisa. I had lost myself in being a mother. I had lost myself in being someone's fiance. I'd lost myself in living the dream and being the image. And I prayed to God, if I find God, if you let me find myself again, I'll never lose her. I'll never lose her. I'll listen to her intuition. I'll listen to the silent messages, the quiet whispers. I'll listen. And so you asked me, how did I know? And I know because I had gone through that when I didn't know, when I didn't listen, when I was chasing the acceptance, I was chasing the image, I was chasing making other people happy about my life situation. So when, for by the grace, I got out of that, when I could look at myself in the mirror again and I could like even love who I saw. When I can complete the sentence, Lisa, I'm proud of you. And I actually had an ending again because there were years, Lisa, when I didn't have an ending. There were years when I all I could think about was how I endangered my small child, how I endangered myself, how I could I easily could have ended up in a casket and my son could have ended up in foster care or, or beside me because the cost was so high to not listen to not listen to my intuition, I said, oh no. So as the years passed and I turned 35 and 40 and 45 and 50 and the conversations of, will you ever get married? The conversations of, watch out, you're going to be too old. The conversations of, no one wants a woman who's a CEO after she's made so much money, after she's had so much notoriety. Even in dating, I would date someone and they'd say, I don't want to be the stepman to your Oprah experience. Mm. I got it all. I would listen. Does this feel right? Does this feel long-term? Does this feel like you're forever? Does it feel like, does he feel like you're Mr. Right? Or is he just your Mr. Right now? Is it better to be alone? You are good company for yourself. I had to learn to be good company for myself. I like my company. I had to learn that my silence is okay. A quiet house is okay. That I'm developing for him. And so I literally kept listening, Lisa. I kept asking myself, if it felt right, I leaned in. If it didn't feel right, I didn't lean in. I didn't try to put perfume over poo-poo. If it's crap, it's crap. You put perfume on it, it's still crap with perfume on it. And I had some relationships that were crap. They just looked good, but they didn't smell good to me. And I accepted that. I was honest. I, 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 I removed my ego from the room or my she-go. 
whenever I got into a relationship and it wasn't right, I didn't try to make it right because I didn't want to optically show that I'm single again. Mm. So I became okay. I stopped listening to the chatter. I began to talk back to the chatter. When people would say things to me, I'd say, but hold on, that's your story. But I'm writing my story and no one can write my story but me. Only one person holds the pen to this story in their hand. And that's me. You can't write my story. When you say you should be married, when someone tells you should be, they're trying to write, they're trying to write your story. And with all due respect, I'll let you read my story, (laughs) but I'm going to write my story. I'm the author of my own autobiography. I'm the designer of my own destiny. And, and that's not to, to be exclusive of people and to say, I don't want input and I don't want feedback and I don't want community because I do. But I have to be willing to hear Lisa because I'm the only one that has to live with Lisa's decisions. And so I tell my husband, I, I waited for you. I, I, I said no to a lot for you. I said some yeses to, to, to long nights for you. I, I, I waited. I, I knew what I deserved. I knew what I wanted and I knew what it should feel like. And, and Lisa, I'm, I'm energetically high, a high energetic, high kinesthetic. So I feel and I feel powerfully and I stop ignoring the feeling. If the feeling was, uh, and I had some people, I had people in my life that it didn't make sense that I would say no to them other than it didn't feel right. Because everything on paper you would think was perfect. On paper, mm. it was excellent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I attract amazing people into my life, men and women and opportunities. And <clears throat> my husband and I were friends for eight years. And he would text me once a month for eight years and just say hi. And so I didn't know he was who he was in my life. I, I didn't know I, I would rush into relationships. I do everything at warp speed. <laughs> everything at warp speed. Me. Everything at warp speed. <laughs> to the metal. Let's just go fast, fast, fast. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That was me. And, uh, and, but I would never run into marriage. I would never run into marriage. I was like, no, 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 no. And, um, and I, I, I pressed pause and I start pumping the brakes when it came to a life partner um, because I knew I wanted to share my life with someone. I knew I deserved to have a friendship. And I also knew that I wasn't friends long enough to often. often. So um, when my husband emerged in my life, he emerged only after eight years of being my friend and I had no intention for him. I wasn't trying to design my husband. Mm-hmm. You have to watch out when you have success because when you have success, you can start. And I started curating every experience to complement that success. Mm-hmm. And it didn't have its own organic growth because I'm, 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 I'm shaping the optics. And so I, with my romance, I wanted to not shape the optics. I needed it to organically grow like that seventh grade. You like me? Check the box. Yes, no, maybe. Will you date me? Like I needed something to be organic in my life. Everything had become brand developing and brand securing and brand shaping and brand protection. And my love life isn't about my brand. My love life is about my love. 
If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with highs as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is a negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about. That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. So that's so freaking beautiful. But there's a massive chasm between I wasn't listening to the whisper yeah. to now where you're like, I am listening to my intuition yeah. as my guiding source. Yeah. So how did you begin to listen to that whisper yeah. that you were ignoring for so yeah. long so that you could then evolve into being the person that you complete yourself. I actually had one of your quotes is you complete yourself. Your partner is a complement to yeah. your completion. Yeah. So how the hell do you complete yourself um, by, by listening to that voice in the yeah. first place? So, so first of all, that whole concept, we often look for someone, you hear it, my partner completes me. And I go, that's unfair. Like, that's a big burden. That's a big weight. Like, my job is to complete Lisa. And then to select and have this beautiful soul complement my completeness. Then there's, there's one plus one equals 11, right? Um, so number one, I had to learn how to trust me. I had to learn how to trust Lisa, to listen to Lisa. Cause when you don't trust yourself, you listen to everyone else's, what should I do? What should, what do you think I should, what do you think? What? Because you're not trusting you. 
And it wasn't that I would trust me, Lisa, and this is so important. It wasn't that I trusted that I would always make the right decision. Mm. I began to trust my get up muscle when I screwed up. I saw that every time I fail, every time I totally screwed it up, every time I made the worst decision ever, every time I face planted, every time I got up. Sometimes I sprung up. Sometimes I staggered up. Sometimes I had to sit for a minute and catch my breath. When my son's father went to prison, I had to sit for a minute and catch my breath. When I was frauded, I had to sit for a minute and catch my breath. You know, when I was physically abused, I had to sit for a minute and catch my breath. But every time I got up. So when I learned that I could get up, I trust my get up muscle. Mm. I started trusting myself more because I said, okay, hold on. What's the worst thing that could happen? And I would literally, some people thought it would be negative, but I would, it, I would use it as a power. I go, what's the worst thing that could happen? I can bounce back from that. I literally would go to the worst. So then I go, okay, trust yourself. Trust yourself that you can get out. What's the best thing that can happen? Okay, I can manage that too. I literally would see the scenario and go, I can handle that. And so I began to listen to myself more because I trusted Lisa more. A lot of times when we don't listen to ourselves, it's because we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust how we would handle it. But most importantly, we don't trust how we would bounce back. If, or if we can bounce or back. Or if we can bounce back. I trust that I can bounce back. And I think for me personally, I had been hit enough and I cried enough and I fell to my face enough. I had been devastated enough, floored enough. I had enough evidence of broken Lisa, scared Lisa. Damn, I can't believe I did that, Lisa. Like you did that again? You're here again? That, Lisa. I had enough evidence that in her brokenness, she still had the will to get back up one more time. Don't get up a thousand more times. Just get up one more time. And I had one more time in me. A thousand different times, I just had one more time in me. And so I begin to trust the woman that I am more than the woman that I was trying to become. I had to trust the woman that I am. I'm always becoming. We we're becoming. You're becoming. But I, I'm not going to see more of who I'm becoming then I'm going to see more than who I am. I am who I am because of my choices. And either they gave me a great outcome or they gave me a great lesson. And I trust them both. I trust her. I trust me. I trust my imperfection. I trust, I trust my insecurities. I trust my loneliness. I trust all things that make me the imperfect human that I am.
I don't just trust all my goodness. I don't just trust my strategic planning skills and my great speaking. I don't just trust my communication with others. I don't just trust that. I trust all of the brokenness. I trust all of the imperfection. I trust that too. I love her. She gives me freedom. She gives me the ability to grow. And with all of that, I'll make a decision. I'll I'll lean into it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Can I ask you a, a, yeah. a tough question? How do you trust the broken part of you? Because if you said it was a choice and you have chosen to be in a relationship that broke you, how do you trust that? Yeah. Through empathy and through compassion. That when I when I have gotten into a relationship that didn't serve me, I didn't get in it to torture myself. I didn't get in in it to have pain. Uh, I go back and I look at whenever I made a poor decision, I, I, I go back and look at the feeling I felt right before that decision. And I, 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 I work to heal that feeling. I don't work to heal the decision because the decision is a decision. I work to heal the feeling that led to the decision. So if you want to make better, stronger decisions. Look at the way you feel before the decision. And if you want to know why did I make those decisions, look at the way you felt before. So so the brokenness is the the swallowed by loneliness, uh, feeling like loneliness is forever. I go and I heal that. I go and I, I, I help her not feel broken in her loneliness. Um, I go back to the feeling of scared. I go back and I help her to, to replace the fear with some level of strategy. Um, whether it's afraid of not having enough money, whether it's a, afraid of being stuck, whatever that feeling is, I, I look for the feeling. I'm feeling based. I'm feeling based. And so I go, what was I feeling that caused me to make that choice to get in that relationship that I knew didn't serve me? What was that feeling that caused me to stay in that relationship that didn't honor me? And I know. conclusion? For me, a lot of my feelings have always been uh, scared. And, and, and what do I give? Why, it's why I'm a planner now. I plan. Because planning is my safety net. Having a plan is my safety net. Because if I don't have a plan, then I have to make it all up. And when I make it all up, I'm in my emotions while I'm making it up. But if I have a plan, then I can change the plan. I can modify the plan. But I made the plan inside my logic and my thoughts. My best decisions come from my logic and thought, and they're fueled by my emotions. My best decisions are not made from my emotions. They're made from logic and fact and information, and they're, they're fueled by my emotions. But when I'm emotion, when my emotions are in the driver's seat, I'm always making a decision that's not well thought out. Mm. And so I push my emotions to the passenger seat. I push my logic, my fact, and the information and history to the driver's seat. And then I let the emotions come with me. And so when I look back at that, I go, what was the emotion? What did she need? What's uh, I live in personal development work. I, I, you and I, we both, we live in it. I live in it so that I know how to handle and harness my emotion. It's not okay to let my emotions drive all the time. It's not okay. And I used to be that person. I mean, I, I'm down. I'm that emotion driven chick because <laughs> yeah, I'm passionate. I'm on fire and I'm this and I'm that. And the reality is that I could go further if I'm balancing what 
what's logical, with what's historical. I look at my history. I let my history help me. I help it. I let it help inform my now. What have I historically done in moments like like this? What's been what's been my pattern? You know, who am I? I'm not accidentally falling into mess anymore. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I, I get in my own stuff, but a lot of it now is not because I was emotional and out of control and I didn't get it or my emotions were driving me. I don't I don't give Lisa I don't give Lisa that out anymore because she's grown. And and you know, there's a there's a there's a freedom, there's an additional freedom being a grown ass woman. Excuse the way I say it, but that's <laughs> like and I, I'm a GAW. And as a GAW, I go, hold on, you've been here before. Hold on. You got evidence. You got evidence of how you show up here. So I know how to ask my husband for what I need. I know how to ask my community for what I need. I know if I'm by myself more than 30 days on the road, I know I spiral into loneliness. Mm -hmm. So I don't go on the road by myself. I pay that extra money, fly somebody with me. That's easy. It's too easy to avoid the, the situation. It's too easy to avoid the, the, the fallout. So what makes me fall out? What what happens? I know if I don't talk to my husband on an ongoing basis, my chatter starts kicking in and I start going, is this going to work? Because I've been alone longer than I've been in this partnership. And so I want to out myself. I don't know if you out yourself, but I out myself. I told my husband, my, Marcellus, when we first got together, I said, I don't want to be anywhere with you. So if I ever talk like I don't want to be with you, remind me of this moment, this day, this time, because I know I want to spend the rest of my life with you. But I can roll like a solo chick. I've been going solo long. And so don't let me. So I out myself. I speak to my patterns. I speak to my behaviors. I speak to that thing before it occurs and ask you to hold me accountable. To what I said I wanted when I forget, when my ego forgets, when my she go forgets, when my insecurity forgets, because mm -hmm. my fear of you abandoning me can make me push you away. Please don't let her show up. And when she shows up, call me on it. Remind me of this moment at four o'clock on like mm -hmm. choose the date and the time specificity. <laughs> call me on my crap. And so, but that's G-A-W move. Mm -hmm. That's a grown ass woman saying, don't let me get in the way of our greatness. Don't let me get in the way of what I said I wanted. Because you can get in your own way of what you say you want. And it normally is a fear from the past or a fear of the future. I tried to push Marcellus away so many times because I was afraid that he would leave me eventually so that I pushed him away. And thank God he was like, I'm not going anywhere. And so... Yeah, reckoning with the reckoning with the small parts of you. My my friend Sean Smith says, reckoning with your enlightenment and your endarkenment. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like if you have stuff that's just crap, come like lay it out there. How did you allow yourself to develop that open vulnerability, yeah. especially when you come from a place where you haven't trusted yourself yeah. before, where it's been abused yeah. before, to be able to say that, because that is yeah. beautiful. I hear it so freaking loud and clear. And when it's with that right person, same with me and Tom, when it's with the right person, it's amazing. Yeah. But a lot of people would then use your vulnerability against you. It becomes a weapon. Yeah. So um, I did, I've done a lot of personal development. 
I, 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 there's, I, I don't want to sit here and sound like, um, uh, some evolved thought leader with no issues. That, that crap is not me. I got mama issues. I got a beautiful son. I got two bonus children. You know, I, I inherited three dogs. I got all kind of stuff. I got daughter stuff that I work on all the time to honor my parents, husband and wife, learning how to be a life partner to someone, learning how to not just roll solo. So I don't want to ever come across ever as someone who professes to have arrived. If my fear doesn't leave, I learned to strap it in in the seatbelt and it has to come with me. I learned that in those moments when I start doubting because I'm playing so big in the world, like when I keep playing bigger and bigger, I get a fear storm again. I go, what the heck? This fear storm is back again. Then I go, okay, if you're going to be here, then you got to come because I'm not stopping. So I, I just, I kept working on me. Like I do these things, Lise, where I complete these sentences. If you really knew me, you know that I. And in that moment, I get, I let myself go. What's really on the inside that you might not see on the camera right now. But if you really knew me, you would know that, you know, I, I'm learning how to be a bonus mom. And I don't know where my boundaries start and end. If you really knew me, you'd know that I, I want to be closer to my son. He's married and moved away. And I, I want to figure out how to, how to be his close friend. I'm a good friend, but I, I selfishly want to be a really, really close friend. And I'm figuring that out. So I do these sentence stems. Sometimes I feel. And when I do, sometimes I feel I can't talk about my thoughts. I have to talk about my feelings. And the agreement is I can't justify my feelings. I have to just let the feelings sit right there as if it dropped right here on the carpet in between us. So you would hear me say, sometimes I feel, I feel overwhelmed. And sometimes I feel frustrated that I feel overwhelmed again. Sometimes I feel, I feel like a kid in a candy store. I get to live my dreams. Sometimes I feel guilty for my wealth. When I look at my family and their journey and their struggles, I feel wealth guilt. Sometimes I feel, I feel overjoyed with the opportunity to do God's work the way I do it. Sometimes I feel nervous of all the weights that sit on my shoulder that connect to my family, that I can do it all and that'll last. So what I'm doing with you right now in front of you right now is I'm doing the work I do by myself. I let myself feel, I process. So I'm, I, I rarely get to that Coke bottle. You know, if you shake a Coke bottle, you feel the pressure, pressure, pressure. I don't get there often because I'm always going, if you really knew me, you know that I, sometimes I feel I'm happiest when I, I, I can communicate better by what I know I deserve is my truth that I feel right now is all of those sentences all relieve the pressure and they also let me put my truth in front of me. So you ask me, how did I get to that? It's because I kept going inward asking Lisa, how do you feel? What are you embarrassed about right now? I, I'll say I'm ashamed that I'll say that because I want to I want to out my shame. 
I don't want my shame to take up real estate in my body. There's no room for shame, blame, guilt, regret, and anger to take up real estate in my body. You might come through me, but you need to keep going. <laughs> you can't take out real estate. And so that, that's how I continue to stay present with what Lisa's feeling. I process me. I do to me what I'm doing to others in my workshops. Like I do it to myself. I don't just do other people. I'm not just going to facilitate your transformation. And I, I'm stuck. And, and we got to watch out when our lives get big. We got to watch out when our lives are sexy and amazing and, and people can admire it because we can stay here for a long time and people still try to catch up to us. We can stay here for a long time and people still admire us for years to come. And I'm a river. I'm not a lake. I'm always flowing, always growing, always moving. I want to always be in movement, Lisa. And even if it means that I'm constantly doing the work on me while I'm doing it with others. And I'm okay with that. I fought for her. I fought for this chick and she ain't perfect. And she got a lot of things that she's always get to work on, but I love her evolution. Like I'm, I'm sold out on the woman I've worked to become. I'm grateful for the woman I've got to become. And I love helping other women unleash that because there is no potion lotion. There's no sprinkle fairy dust. There is no magic wand, which means all of us can have it. All of us can get there. Our journeys will be different. Our paths may not be the same. The when we get there will not equal each other's, but we all get it. It's our birthright. This joy, this joy, this happiness, this contentment, this peace of mind is our birthright. And I'm willing to fight for it, cry for it, speak up for it, sleep for it, pray for it, meditate for it. I'm willing. I'm willing to not worry about how inconveniencing it is to get it again. I'm willing to be out of it so I understand what being in it feels like. I'm willing to recognize when I'm out of it. So I'm, t I'm in tune. I'm in tune at a cellular level with me. And it took a long time to get there because I'm a server of everyone else. I'm a want everyone else to be happy. So it took a long time for me to understand what does it feel like to be in tune and tapped in to my vibration so that I then can tap into your vibration and his vibration and her vibration and her vibration. Like if you're aligned to me, aligned with self first, then you're, I could be more available to you. So beautiful girl. Um, reminds me, I heard you say, you know, um, I'll never give from my cup. I'll give from my overfull of my cup. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Um, it means that this cup, everything in it, the, your body, everything in it, this is for you. That's for you. Every, and I use the cup metaphorically, but it came from serving from a place of depletion. And as women, 
We will give what we need all day long. We will serve when we're bone tired. We will say yes when we need to say no. We will not draw healthy lines in the sand. I say if someone keeps crossing your line in the sand, it is not because they're rude. It's because your line isn't deep enough in the sand. It's because you've negotiated the line so many times that now the line is blurry. Now the wind has blown the line and no one can see the line. And you feel as if you're suffering in silence because no one's honoring your line. It's because you didn't honor your line, sis. And I only know that because I didn't honor my line and I was I was serving and giving. But I had this this mild sense, mild to moderate sense of resentment. It was submerged undercurrent smile base. It was this kind of. Yes, I can help you. Yes, I can help you. Sure. Call on me. It was that kind of service and it was unsustainable. And so many women we are serving from our cups and, and, and our bone dry cup at, at that and our half full cup at that. And I, I'm a true believer. I'm not going to serve from my cup. I'm going to pour my cup until it's an overflow and I'm going to serve you from my saucer. And I can keep serving you from my saucer, sis, because my saucer is everything for you. But what's in my cup? That's for me. I love that analogy so much. Um, and I want to go back to what you were saying about shame, of how you like you just voice it. Yeah. Why do you think so many of us hold back on that shame and don't voice it? Is it to almost like hope that it will go away? Because to your point, I think once you speak it, um, because where you've gotten with your husband is so damn beautiful, where you can be open and honest and not be fearful about being that transparent with somebody yeah. in case they use it against you. Going back to that, you know, people can use vulnerability as a weapon. And so that self-care that you were saying that you do the internal work and you speak it, that really made me realize, oh, I think that's a sticking point. Like what what holds people back from being able to give yeah. over in a relationship or give over to somebody else? Why do you think we hold back? Because we don't have a safe space. We haven't established a safe space. And I, and I do this in our, our workshops. We started in our motivating the teen spirit workshop years, 26 years ago, 26, 26 years ago. Wow. And it's because we don't have a safe space because we don't know how to establish a safe space. Um, so may I give you the three agreements that we use to establish Please, a safe space? Awesome. I would invite every sister listening to this and looking at us right now to immediately establish your safe space. And the first thing in a safe space is to ask the person that you're talking to, will they agree to reserve all judgment? And a safe space has no rules. It has agreements because rules are meant to be broken. Mm -hmm. People say that all the time, but agreements can be agreed upon. So ask for the agreement. Can you reserve all judgment? And if you can reserve all judgment of you, and I reserve all judgment of you. And we both agree to reserve all judgment of ourselves because the person that judges us the most is ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that's the first agreement is the agreement to reserve all judgment of you and of myself. The second agreement that we I, I say would help you to create a safe space, which will help you to be more vulnerable, which will help you to understand and believe that it won't be used against you. The second agreement is the agreement of no repercussions, which means what's said here stays here. And if you bring this conversation up later, you only bring it up to lift me up. 
Imagine if you had that agreement with your siblings or you had that agreement with your significant other or you had that agreement with your children or your friends or your coworkers. I establish this safe space everywhere I go. I establish it with my Fortune 500 clients. I establish it with my families when I'm working with family coaching. I establish it everywhere. And something happens. The bar of listening and the bar of being present rises. We've never raised the bar to be with each other, to listen to each other, to communicate to each other. So the first agreement is the agreement to reserve all judgment. The second agreement is the agreement that there'll be no repercussions. What's said here stays here and you can bring it up later, but you only bring it up later to lift me up. And the third agreement is the agreement of unconditional love. And most people have unconditional love misunderstood. They see it as fluffy and flowy and wah wah, but unconditional love is messy. Unconditional love has thorns in it. Unconditional love actually says, will you agree to love me through my ugly? Will you agree to love me through my righteousness? Will you agree to love me through my defensiveness? Will you agree to love me through when my insecurities come screaming out of me? Will you agree to love me when I'm actually being unlovable? See, unconditional love, people will go, oh, unconditional love. Mm, doesn't As matter it, what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, conditional yeah. love is fluffy. Because conditional love is when I love you on the condition that you agree with me. I love you when we get along. Unconditional love is loving me when all those other things are happening. And so you ask, how do you get, how do you feel safe? How do you feel safe enough to be vulnerable? Ask for a safe space. Make the safe space. You can say, is this a safe space? And someone says, yes. I like to go a little deeper. (laughs) Hello. Mm -hmm. Let's make this a safe space. And if someone can agree to reserve all judgment of me, provide me uh, no repercussions and unconditional love, then I choose what I say. But if you can agree to those things with me, now my soul and my cells feel like they can go further. And so I am a big person of establish the safe space that you need. Mm -hmm. Establish the safe space that will help you. When my son was 13, I taught my son this when he was eight. When he was 13, we're sitting in the in the uh, the lounge area at the Marriott Hotel on Century Boulevard. He says, Mom, I need a safe space. I said, you do. He's 13. So I'm nervous. He said, yes. He said, do you agree for no to not judge me? I said, yes. He goes, please raise your hand. I said, OK. He goes, no repercussions. I said, yes. He said, unconditional love. I said, yes. I said, OK, tell me. He goes, wait. I have one more request. I said, but it's only three agreements. And then he said something that I never forgot. He goes, mom, I'm allowed to determine what makes me feel safe. He said, and I need one more agreement. I said, okay. He goes, do you agree not to tell grandma? (laughs) And he, he knew what he needed, but that statement, mom, I just, I get to determine what makes me feel safe. We're having conversations with the people we love and we have all of this tension, all of this. I hope they don't tell anyone. Just ask before you say anything, ask for a safe space and ask for them to agree. And I I believe our relationships and our communication will definitely become a lot more richer. Ask it on a date. If you're dating, ask for a safe space and then have real authentic conversations that actually go somewhere. 
we're full of so many meaningless conversations, but that's because we're conversing with protection. We're trying to stay protected while we're trying to connect. You can't stay protected and get connected at the same time. To be connected requires vulnerability to truly feel connected. The reason why our friendship is so deep and oh, by the way, y'all, our friendship is deep. But the reason why our friendship is deep is because we allowed ourselves to be vulnerable together. But we allowed ourselves to be vulnerable because we established a safe space. Maybe not with those agreements, but we really kind of embedded those agreements when we were together and we had that epic week experience. And so I invite you, if you're listening to me, you want a stronger connection. Ask for no judgment, no repercussions and unconditional love. And then share something that's worth sharing. Share something that would sit over here in the shame corner. Pull it out. Because shame can only grow and shame can only be powerful if you keep it in the dark. Shame loses its power when you shed light on it. Mm -hmm. 